Imagine living wildly, authentically, and unapologetically you. Look, we've all experienced something in our life that has brought us down in one way or another. It's time to break free from those past constraints, to bloom and flourish in all the places we've been told we can't. Welcome to the Wild Hearts Podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Laura. We're two best friends with a mission to empower women through the lens of a growth mindset. You already hold all the answers inside you. We're just here to remind you of the strength you already possess by sharing our opinions, telling our stories, interviewing experts, and advocating for mental health along the way. So let's Let's get get started. Well, today we have a very special guest joining us. That's right. Today we're interviewing Kelsey Glover. She's the host of the Conscious and Confidential podcast, a local entrepreneur, fashion guru, amazing hairstylist, and all-around down-to-earth good person. Heck yes. If you follow her on Instagram, you probably already know who she is. She's A, crazy talented, B, inspirational, C, fit as fuck, and D, always has some great tips on everything from food to blended family to the work life. That's right. And I've known Kelsey for about three years now. She's one of my favorite people. She's actually my hairdresser. And I think all of her clients would agree that when you go to your appointment, it's less about getting your hair done and more about catching up with a friend. It's almost like a therapy session meets coffee with your friend, except you walk out looking better than when you walked in. I fucking love that. Like, I think that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. And I just think, I just love She's that. the best. I know. So um, let's get into this. Kelsey, we want to welcome you to the Wild Hearts podcast. We're so happy to have you here, and we're so glad you're joining us today. I'm so happy to be here. Was that intro supposed to make me cry? I <laughs> No, but up, I knew but, you would. Uh, so <laughs> oh, good. Oh, my goodness. You know what? That makes me, it makes me think, like, why do we wait for people's funerals to tell them in the obituary what we think about them? Like, that's just, like, just to hear how others describe me just, like, just puts a fire into me, you know? and just makes me so much um, more aware why I'm doing what I'm doing. So thank you for that beautiful intro. You're welcome. Ask you to write that on a card so I can read that every day. (laughs) Okay, we will. We'll send you something. I want to know, like, how are you? The last time I saw you, like, things had kind of just opened up again. Your salon was open. Then a few weeks later, like, everything shut down. And I just can't imagine what you and so many other small business owners are going through with COVID in this past year. Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy 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 time in all of our lives and um you know I think I was really not good with the last lockdown I think um I don't know why you know it just I went through the emotions that maybe I was like kind of suppressing through the first and second Mm -hmm. and I think it just kind of caught me off guard and yeah I would I would have to say I was probably at my lowest the first few weeks after the last lockdown but um I definitely feel a lot better I realize what I need as my own self to get through those you know hard times but I tell you I have lost so much sleep and just thinking about the people that are in that dark, dark, dark time that they just can't pull themselves out of. And it just, mental health right now is what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the virus. I'm not worried about anything else. I'm just so worried about everyone's mental health right now. And um, I just know for how strong I think I am and all the tools I've learned over my years to get through these dark times. And, you know, I just, I, I feel so bad that others don't know how to get themselves out of it. So I think this last lockdown has really, 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 um, really put focus on everyone's mental health, you know, and um, I just know it's, it's not good right now. I couldn't agree with you more. I think, I think, well, we're going to get more into that a little bit later in, in this episode, but for those that don't know, Kelsey's the owner of a hair salon. She's super talented, as we kind of already mentioned. Um, you've done a ton of training, too. I think a fun fact is that you're yeah. friends with, it's Victoria Caputo, right? Yeah, that's and right. That's, cool. <laughs> that's so the long, cool. I know. 
She went to New York to visit her. She's the Long Island medium's daughter. And what's cool, what I really find interesting about you is the type of training and stuff that you do is not necessarily like traditional to sitting in a classroom, right? Like many people, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast wouldn't know that you like dropped out of high school. Yeah. So I would love to hear like your story from how you went from high school dropout to now a successful business owner who's constantly chasing after their dreams is what I would consider a pillar in our community. 100%. Yeah. So like, how did you go from A to B? You guys need to stop talking so nice about me. I won't make it through this interview without bawling. Yeah. Interesting about Victoria. Like, it's so crazy for how more people they have out in New York and Long Island compared to us. She has been working through all of this. Like they were shut down with that first lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, like she has been like, she cannot believe that we're locked down and have been for so long. It's just so crazy how different um, one country is to another. But yeah, she has been hustling. She just got married and um, renovating her own um, house for her and her husband to move in. Yeah, so she's been busy. But yeah, my story that is something that one day I'm going to write a book about. Um, I can't wait for that. Sign us up for first coffee. Yeah. We're there. You know what? There's so much. I was thinking about it. Actually, something triggered me after my last um, episode um, regarding um, a woman that was holding something within her for so many years. And I was like, am I suppressing anything like from way back then? And it got me thinking and I couldn't believe how many things I remembered um, just through from me running away um, that first couple of years, some things I went through that I had suppressed and haven't really brought back to surface. And, you know, those are some things I, I want to talk about because I think there's some great um, lessons in there, but there are things that I haven't shared with my kids yet. So I have to do that first before I put it out there. But it's, yeah, it's crazy. I haven't really thought back then for a long time, but my last episode really triggered something in me. But, you know, I don't, it's, I would be here forever if I was telling you about that chapter in my life. But, yeah, I was a runaway. I ran away a couple times, and my parents would pick me up in the middle of the night and find me and bring me back home. And um, school just wasn't my thing. I got into a really bad crowd, and, um Yeah, I just, I'm not book smart. I've always said that. I'm just not. And because of how skinny I was, they were more focused on my, what eating disorder I might have had versus trying to get me help educational back then. And to know me is to know that I'm, I love food and I eat all the time and I never had any eating disorder back then. I was just a very skinny, scrawny girl. Um, but that's that was what the teacher's focus was. I spent so much time just in a room by myself in school because I couldn't keep up with the rest of my class. So they would put me in another room and I would just sit there and for hours by myself. What um, was that like? Yeah, just one of those things I suppressed, I think, and never thought about. Um, but I, I just remember being so anxious and nervous and sweaty at school just because I knew nothing the teacher was, was telling the, the class, which is why they thought they would put me in another room and have a resource teacher come sit with me, but she never really came or she would come once in a while and pop in for 10. Mm-hmm. I just felt really lonely, you know, really lost. Yeah. And I think that's why I just knew I had to break trail and go, go my own direction and fell in love with a boy and ended up moving in with him and his parents. And I didn't find out till later on, but my mom was, calling his parents weekly to check up on me and she just knew she couldn't keep me at home so she thought if this is how it's going to be at least I can know she's safe and um, she was sending the money for groceries I guess meanwhile I thought she just had nothing to do with me and was just leaving me alone but here she was she was keeping in contact with them on a weekly basis Um, but you know things like that I didn't find out till later on but what was it like to find that out like you think your relationship yeah. with your mom was so different back then when really. Yeah, it it was crazy. Like, I, I didn't realize how much I hurt my parents from not being home. And um, I just remember my dad seeing me in that small town one day because it was close to where my hometown was. And he saw me walking. He pulled over and just cried and just said, Mom just misses you. And, oh. mm. uh, but yeah, it was, it's, it was good to feel 
that I was so wanted and still loved, but I just mm-hmm. knew I couldn't go back home. I just, I had something within me that I just, I had to do my own thing. But you know what? With that said, my parents raised me right. Like they never gave me money. They never like tried to bail me out. They supported me to buy my first house in Plumas, which I bought for $10,000. And I remember the one thing they did for me was pay my first hydro bill. I'm so proud that I can remember that because nowadays these kids get everything. Like they would never ever zone in on that one thing our the parents did for them because it's so much. And mm-hmm. I just remember my parents paying for that first hydro bill. And I just remember thinking, wow, that's, that's incredible. And that's something I always remember, well, forever remember. But yeah, I just, I was just ready to be on my own at a very early age. And yeah, there was no stopping it. So what age was that then? So you, what age did you leave home? So I probably left home at 15 and a half. And then my parents would pick me up and back and forth. But by 16, I was gone for good. Okay. Okay. And you never went back to high school after that no never when I was 15 and a half and dropped out or I guess I probably was struggling by 14 my mom hired me a tutor to see if that would help but it didn't but yeah I didn't go back to school after that at all and then at some point you get your GED adult high school equivalent yeah yeah I had to get it because the only way I could take care school um I had to have that so that was the only reason why I got it Right. Was that experience similar to high school, like where in the fact of like you didn't like being there, or was it different because you could see a goal, goal and how it was related to the next step you needed to take? Yeah, for sure. Like I was, I remember it was my mom who drove me into Brandon, and back then Brandon was like New York to, to what New York <laughs> is now. Like it was the big lights to me, right? Um, but my mom drove me into Brandon. I I failed it the first time but passed the second. Um, I'm not even sure where she took me. It was some kind of building to do it, but I was determined I was gonna, I was gonna like pass that fucker because I, I wanted that end result. And I just knew at that time my mom was battling her second round with cancer. And all my, um, my goal was just to get licensed so I could be in her salon with her to, to help her out and, you know, just make her proud. So yeah, I, I had a, a big goal that nothing was going to stop me. Love that. I love that too. So you finish getting your high school equivalent diploma. You go to to hair school. Yeah. Yeah. Finish that, and then you end up working with your mom. Or what so happens next? There's a big gap in that in that whole scene there. But um, I can't think of how old I was. But I end up marrying um, a farmer from Plumas. Um, we had already had Abigail, my oldest, and I had just finished having my twins when we <laughs> decided um, that I was going to go back to school. I've never talked about this, um, but he was a farmer, and that was right a- around when Mad Cow hit, and oh. so we were financially struggling, mm-hmm. and um, so he decided that he would go to school to get his electrician. Um, because his buddy in Plewis, he owned an electrician company and thought, well, I, sh- I can work for him. So him and I would drive most times together. Um, he would go to college at the for electrician and I would go to hair school. We were up on the road at, I think, 637, got our kids to our neighbors who was watching them. But yeah, I think the twins were only like two months, three months when I started. Holy and wow. I, yeah. And I remember before we started because our classes would end at different. So a lot of times we didn't drive together. But I remember Kevin had to bring me into Brandon a couple times just to teach me how to drive to the school because I didn't know. I didn't, I wasn't capable of driving and even driving in Nipwa was huge to me. So yeah, I remember we would do a couple of trips on Sundays just so I could learn how to drive to school because I've never done anything like that before. Um, but yeah, that was so long ago. What but, was yeah. that like leaving your like, three babies to go do you know what I was ready because I was a stay at home all of a sudden I had this freedom Mm -hmm. I was away from you know dropped out of school I was partying for this short amount of time and then all of a sudden I got pregnant right with this with this guy this local farmer and 
by, you know, when all these friends around me my age were graduating and celebrating and going to country fest and, you know, partying, all of a sudden I was a mom. So I was a stay-at-home mom at a very early, early age, and I was a hardcore stay-at-home mom and a farmer's wife. And and um, so by the time that opportunity came, to be honest, I was ready to get the F out of my house. I just... <laughs> I've never related to something more in my life. (laughs) Like, I just, I loved my kids, but I just, I felt so much of me was just lost, you know? Like, I would spend days in my pajamas. Like, I had such depression after I had the twins that I remember um, my ex-husband, he would get up to go to work in the morning, and he would have on our bed all our bottles set up that I needed for that day and diapers because I couldn't leave my bed. I was so depressed in life. And um, there, yeah, there was a lot of times I wouldn't even leave my bed. So by the time this whole hair school came up, I was just ready to, I felt there was something inside me burning and I just knew I had to explore it. So yeah, I was, I was motivated. And within that week or two weeks in, I could drive with my eyes closed. Like I, I knew how to get into the city. I was all of a sudden dressing up and putting makeup on and talking to all these city people and it was good. It, it was a, a really like a new awakening for me. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. So then how long is hair school? So hair school, I think, was about 10 months, 11 months, I would think. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you got a job after that on your own in Brandon or back uh, with mom? So unfortunately, my mom ended up passing away a month before I was before I graduated Um, and I for a moment I didn't want to go back I was done with school they were good you can't miss any days when you go to school like that and they were gracious enough to give me a week off and I didn't think I was going to go back but I I knew how much my mom wanted me to finish so I did Um, and then I went back and I worked in her shop my mom is the true definition of everything boss and woman entrepreneur you know, even on the last night before she passed away, she sat there telling me color formulas for her clients the next day because she was in the hospital, so I was going to go to the shop to do her clients. And she sat there saying, okay, this person needs this and do this formula, you know, and her passing away was such a shock to me. I remember showing up to work that day and I didn't even get the first color on and my sister had called from the hospital saying I better head back. So, so I never... So I never got the the chance ever to work with her being legal, legally licensed, but um, yeah. So after she passed away, I, I worked there feeling like that's what I wanted to do, but you know, it was just so hard. Well, I just can't imagine. Yeah. And feel free to step in and correct me at any point, but I just get the sense that it would be like almost this sense of duty that you should be there and almost follow in this amazing legacy that your mom left. But also when you're there, it's a constant reminder that she's not. Yeah. And that's for sure. Memories would just be. Which she was everywhere in that salon, and the clients, her clients, took it so hard. And every client that came in, they just were wanting to talk about her, and mm-hmm. you know, looking, looking in my eyes, trying to see her, right? And so right. I just felt it was just too hard. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I ended up something I haven't talked about, but that's kind of when my whole identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just needed to leave my life. Mm. And that's when I, you know, said to my husband at the time, I just, I loved him so much, but I just needed to be gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful he was such a good father because in that year, I wasn't the greatest mom and just took off and, you know, tried to meet new people where no one knew my mom existed. No one knew my backstory. You try and rewrite your own story, right? Girl, I get that. 
everywhere in my life. It just was my mom and my dad in the death. And, you know, it was, I knew that I was meant for more. And I knew if I had stayed with him, I would never grow. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think as, as much as I was unraveling from my mom's death, I also was made so much more aware that life is so short. And I knew I had to figure out who I was. And I hadn't had the, that opportunity being a young mom and married at 19 years old. And, you know, I, I this was my chance to, I felt almost free because I didn't have to carry that burden of disappointing my mom by leaving my husband. And um, I felt able to do it. And I felt very strong to do it in that moment. So yeah, I. I forever am so grateful for how amazing of a dad he is and how he let me do it. And by that, I mean not messaging me, not calling me, not ever making me feel guilty for not showing up. Mm -hmm. And um, he just knew how broken I was and needed needed to fly, you know, and he let me for that year. So, so I'm thankful for that. And, you know, through that whole year, I kind of figured out myself and where I want to be at that point. Wow. Amazing. And like, is there something like a the biggest motivating factor you think that helps drive you forward for those goals? Like, I think we've, I mean, it sounds like you have an amazing foundation of what makes you tick, but is there one specific thing that you can outline? I think, you know, uh, I honestly just think, but what if, you know? Okay, yes. You know, I just always think, but what if? And I know if my mom and my dad could come back, they would do life so different, right? And so why do, why do we have to let that death happen before we realize what life should be or who you should be in that life, right? So I, I guess I'm trying to honor them by finding my path, by, by doing it on my own and figuring that out and, and not stopping. Like, I just know if you have that determination, anything is achievable anything is right so just so I just am determined every day you know I have hard days and bad you know great days and bad days but I have that determination that never dies Mm -hmm. and that's me going and I feel like people see that I feel like you don't always see it but god do we see it like that's and it's I I think the best thing I did was stop listening to the advice that my close circle and my family was giving me and that was be realistic right yes oh like be unreasonable actually like do the thing that has no reason to it that's kind of where I'm at with my life same same yeah yeah, yeah. So, so I I really believe we are all here for for a purpose, and it makes me sad to think of how many people will live their whole life and not find that purpose. Mm. Yes, oh, I could not agree. I know, more. right? So fair to say, over the years, lots of things happening to you. Yeah. Um, different experiences, ups and downs. We've kind of covered a few of them, and I feel like you've kind of developed this growth mindset. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think um, obviously no one's got it figured out or perfect, but I think I've, I think I've developed a habit of having that mindset. Love that. And I think just for people listening who maybe don't know what that is, like the term a growth mindset is the opposite of a fixed mindset. So essentially, it's when people believe that their success comes from the dedicated time, effort, and energy that they put towards something. So they put more attention on the process rather than the outcome. It's about embracing the challenges, persisting through the hard times, learning from criticism, and seeking inspiration from other people's successes. And through this type of thinking, they believe that they can achieve what they want. Whereas if you have a fixed mindset, you're likely to believe that you just can't get better over time. Like you're just born with a talent, and that talent is good enough to bring you success. People who believe that that way of thinking, they're likely to kind of think they're just good or bad at something and no changing it. no changing it like they're inherent it's something that's just inherent to them they can't get better and they can't get worse at it I guess 
Um, and so they often avoid challenges, give up easily, and ignore constructive criticism. Exactly right. Yes. And, and that those definitions come from Carol Dweck. Probably saying that name wrong, but I mean... <laughs> Put it in the show notes. Yeah, she's a, she's a Stanford professor, and she wrote a book, which is called Mindset. So that's kind of where that comes from. But, I mean, when you kind of break it down that yeah. way, I think you're the definition of what like, growth mindset is. You know what you remind me of, Kelsey? You're like a phoenix. Yes! With the hair! With the hair! And Tell me like what that means. If you get burned down, You're it up. doesn't matter because you like rise up through the ashes Fresh. into this beautiful, magnificent, majestic force of nature bird. <laughs> and love, that's you. I love that. Gave me goosebumps. That's who you are to us. So <laughs> I love, yeah. love, love that. Yeah. Well, you know, I um, that's an amazing compliment to receive. So thank you for that. But you know, I. It took a long time to get here. No one is definitely born like that. And it takes a lot of trial and error, that's for sure. But it also, I think the majority of what it takes is just not giving a, a damn about anyone else, right? Just, yes. It, it takes so much living to get into that place where you just stop caring about what others' opinions are, right? Mm-hmm. So I think. I think that has so much to do with it, for sure. I remember I was listening to a podcast. I believe it was Brene Brown's podcast. And she was interviewing Dax Shepard and somebody else. But I don't remember the name of it. And Dax said on that episode that his favorite quote or saying that he had heard was that it's not my business what other people think of me. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I have one of those quotes um, pinned on my Pinterest, and that's so true. Yeah, I love that. And it's true, right? Everyone's going to have an opinion, right? This yeah. this world is going to have half of it that likes the color black and half that likes the color white, right? You just, you'll never, and my mom always said that, you'll never please everyone. And if you do, you're doing something not serving yourself right, right? right? Exactly. And so... I just think it's so valid, so true that you just need to get to a place in your life where you just stop caring, right? What others' opinions are. And it's so freeing. Like, I feel like, and when you figure it out and you're just kind of like, well, actually, no, that's not for me. Or like, if you wouldn't trust that person with, like, if you wouldn't go to that person with a problem looking for an answer, why are you trusting them with unsolicited criticism that you, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. That's yeah, so I resonate with that so hard, girl. And I think that's, that's a huge reason too, as we get older, that's another reason why our circle just gets a bit smaller each right. year, you know, yeah. and that's not because of anything negative within ourselves. That's because of our own growth right mhm yeah and i think some people just aren't meant to grow at the same pace as other people and that's okay like we're all on our own journey but it's also okay for us to recognize i'm growing this is kind of where i'm headed and it's okay if you're not coming down this path with me yeah i just did an instagram story about that a couple weeks ago i had planted four trees all the same trees and three of them were blooming and the fourth one wasn't yet. And I said that very same thing. You know, it's okay to grow at different times, right? Yes. And it's so true. It doesn't mean that that tree isn't going to bloom. It's going to bloom, but it's going to bloom when it's ready, right? Yes. And it's just, I think that, again, I go back to like your circle. I think that's why a lot of circles get smaller because your growth sometimes highlights another person's not growth, right? right. And it's, I always try to, enforce it and tell people you you can't take things like that personally because so much of a person's issue with you has really everything to do with them right that's yeah right absolutely you know it doesn't always come out of their mouth like that right but internally it's it's their own issue at the end of the day and I feel like Um, that's not something people realize or aren't talking about like and I feel like that's what's so refreshing about sitting in your chair like chatting with you is because you get that sense like you you just get it 
I think lots of people get it. Just people aren't able to say it out loud. And that's why a lot of my episodes make other people uncomfortable because I'm saying the things they, they think I shouldn't be saying, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I try to talk about, you know, losing people. Or my first episode when I launched, my circle went from huge to like, I lost so many. Really? So many, oh but I lost God. a good group of friends because of speaking about something they thought, even though they weren't talking to me anymore, however, how they treated me, how dare I talk about it, right? And so it just was really such an awakening for me because I'm just like, that is my story. And I have the right to tell it. And if you don't want to show up in my story like that, be a better person. You know, I, I now go through life thinking about how do I show up in your story and it makes you want to be a better person, a better friend, you know, communicate, talk about those things that are uncomfortable. If I don't, if I have a problem with you, let's talk about it. Right. And that's just something I'm, I'm starting to learn how to do because I'm not good with conflict like that. And I'm not good with voicing my opinion. I'm such a people pleaser. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, there's been so much growth in my episodes for myself personally but yeah it's just just learning not you know my old self would have took down episode one and called my podcast over right I would have like closed it up didn't want to cause any harm like any controversy and I would have been insecure about going forward but I pushed through and I'm so glad I did but yeah so many people can't push through and that makes me sad for them I am honestly shocked to hear this because when I listened to your first episode, I was like, well, she is crushing it. Like she knows everything. (laughs) You know what I mean? But every time I just walk away feeling so refreshed, like, oh, that was a breath of fresh air. Like somebody's saying the things I want to talk about as well. And let let me take back that spotlight on those people that don't deserve it. With that said, the amount of people that messaged me celebrating episode one and strangers of all ages from 15 to 85 all could resonate with it all like needed to hear those words like that was powerful and that's what drove me to keep going why we focus on that two percent negative that's just us humans right we do and and it's training my mindset it's it's creating that habit of focusing on the 98% of greatness, right? Um, and kind of turning the volume down on that 2% of, of negativity. Yeah. Yeah. We love I, everything you're selling. <laughs> Anything you're saying, we're here for. Like, I feel like I don't have any conversation because I'm like, yup, yeah, everything just, you just said. Just please never stop talking. Like, I think though, I think it's very easy to get caught up in that mm. I'm not good enough way of thinking, right? Yeah. yeah. And what I think is beautiful is when people overcome that and say, yeah, this is uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to stand out here and shine my light as fucking bright as I can anyways. And so kudos to you for doing that and continually deciding to make the conscious effort to show up and shine your light because the world needs it. And I hope you never forget that. Yeah, 100%. You're just like bringing every tear out of me today. Oh my God, Jess, stop. <laughs> well, you know, I love you. Oh, I, lo- I love you and I love you guys. And I think what you're doing is absolutely so important and so needed. And it's just so nice to have, you know, our social media fill up with such positive things because it's been needed for a very long time. So sure. God, every person that comes on, make sure you make them feel like this. I just, you know, but that's how I am with my, in my hair, with my salon too. I just like, I'm going to do everything to pump that person up because it's so needed. If we could have a cheerleader with us every day, life would be so different with everyone, you know? You know, I remember the first time I came to you and I know you and I have talked about this, but um, I had just had my second child and I was also in a lot of like postpartum depression and I just needed to get out of my house and I felt so down and out and 
by some miracle, I got onto your client list and you let me bring my son with me to my appointment. And I just walked out feeling like maybe I can like keep going. Right. You know, like I just felt so seen and for the first time in a long time. And then I, after that, I rec- I really recognized how low I was. And that's when I confronted my husband and was like, something's not right with me and I need to like take a step back. And I just left my family for a weekend and went to Winnipeg and this story I've told this story to my clients so much go on but like this is like I tell this story to my clients all the time yeah I just left I booked myself a suite at the, <laughs> at the inn at the forks yeah I brought my breast pump because I was still nursing yeah girls and got I a went, pump. yeah I went Christmas shopping. I met up with one of my best friends. We had supper together. I got a bunch of desserts from Generate Cakes. And you got bubbles. Uh, Remember that made up the tub? But you're like, yeah. I don't care because I don't have to clean up that tub the next I, Exactly. <laughs> I got those gold bubble oh, bars from Lush. God, you're a real rebel. Bottle of wine. Went back to my hotel room, filled that tub up, used a whole bubble bar. It was like bubbles everywhere. What? Had music playing on the loud TV speaker, bottle of wine, all my desserts, just laid in a tub that fit oh my, my whole body. God, that's amazing. <laughs> it sounds amazing. It was great. I woke up, I slept in this huge king size bed naked I don't care if boob milk gets everywhere I don't gotta wash these sheets I don't have to clean up I'm just gonna be yes someone else will clean up yeah I remember you saying that every client that I've had sit in my chair that I know needs something like that I tell them that story and so many of them have taken that advice and like they'll me on their way home from that drive or or whatever and said that was so needed in my life and now they make it mandatory to do that month right and you know what it is to make a mess of a bathtub and know you don't have to clean it up is life for so many you know so yeah what I think it is it's that we don't give ourselves permission to do those things we don't think we there's deserve something better it. I should be doing no that's mm-hmm. how you rationalize it you're oh I should be doing this that's more important than my self-care yeah. it's how you rationalize that was so much that changed my life too and I I go on and tell people this and I don't know if everyone agrees but I agree I started making me a priority then my marriage and then my kids mm-hmm. you know being a mom but I don't love it first you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. so much more than a mom. I'm so much more than a wife. I'm me, right? And mm-hmm. if I put me up there, then how can I be a good mom? How can I be a, a good wife? I just can't. I'm going to be resentful. I'm going to be crying. I'm going to be bitter. So I know to keep that structure tight and like solid, I need to like be me first and do it, do everything I need, invest everything I want to invest in me mm-hmm. and then my marriage and then my kids. You know, yes. unfortunately, so many people put their kids first before them, before their marriage. And great. If that's working for you, do it. hundred percent. Feel ya. But for me, no, I just couldn't. And I felt like I almost had to, to kind of fit in with the click, if that makes sense. Yes. I just, I that's was, the social standard right yes, now. Social standard. Yeah. But you know I'm what? Not- what do your kids have if they don't have a happy mom and dad? that have a happy marriage? What do your kids have if those two people in the marriage are miserable people, individuals? So like, it just has to, in my opinion, it just has to be that way. And I know people talk and judge or do whatever. Oh, she's doing this, she's going to this clinic, she's getting fillers, Botox, blah, 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 blah. I don't fucking care because that makes me the best version of who I am today. And listen, if I want to go for surgery for cosmetics, if I want to take a trip before I give my kids money to take their own trips, I'm going to do it because I'm me and I'm always going to be me. And I feel that I am worthy of that investment before anyone else gets it. 
Absolutely. Yeah, fucking slam dunk. Bro. I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. <laughs> but I think I always felt like from such a young age, my job is to like have a family and take care of a family. I feel like most women feel that way. If you don't want to have kids, it's seen as like an abnormal thing or not good or you're seen as selfish, which I just don't get. I don't get that. But no. like just understanding that like, why wouldn't my first investment be in my own health? No one else is going to take accountability for my health. No one's going to book my doctor's appointment, except maybe my mom, if I beg her enough, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, you are the only one in charge of your own health and well-being. So take control of that. And I just love that's what you're doing. You know, it's so crazy. That just makes me think I get the most craziest things from strangers and people around the world. The other day I got this picture on my DM and it was a picture of two legs propped up in stirrups with a medical gown on. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But it was this person that listened to my words and followed my my episodes and took her health into account. It made it a priority. And she said that was the first physical she's gone to in eight years. Oh, wow. Right. And it's, um, it was just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like we need in on my second lockdown, I splurged and got uh, infrared sauna, a Peloton. Could I afford it? I don't know. Should I have done it? Probably not financially, but no one's waking up for me. Right. My doctor isn't waking up thinking about me. My friends are waking up thinking about what scans I should be getting done or blood work or am I working out? Like you are your own advocate. Yes. As much as you think people care about you and are worried about you, no one is thinking about you that next morning. So you need to wake up and be your own advocate of your own life, right? No excuses, no bullshit. If your life isn't working out how you want it, then that's up to you and no one else to figure that out. And that's something I think yeah. we talk about a lot in our episode three. Yeah. When we talk about like depression and anxiety. Because that was a huge game changer for me as well. Was yeah. I had a girlfriend who pretty much said just that to me, like, no one is going to make your doctor's appointment. No one is going to care that you're depressed. Not in that way, but like yeah. your family's worried about you, but like yeah. no one's going to make you get out of bed. Yeah. No one's going to make you call the doctor. Yeah, no one's keeping you accountable. You're accountable to yourself yeah. and your life is a reflection of that. So if I'm miserable and depressed, I need to take action. Yeah. You know, and, anyway, and I so. think that really like resonate with me too, especially after well, my mom passing, then my dad, and you know, I just I'm going through this grief and this hurt and depressed, and don't want to get out of bed and crying, and you know, a week down the road, everyone's like going on with life, like that never mm-hmm. happened, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, why are why are you going for a trip to Winnipeg, or why are you laughing in that Instagram story? Like, your friend over here is is like not functioning. Like she's not getting out of bed. She's not getting over this grief, this hurt, this heartache. And yet all these Instagram stories in my circle, people were moving on with life. Even my husband, he had to go to work. He was talking, making jokes on his phone calls with his clients, right? And I just was like, oh, okay. I need to get this figured out. I need to figure out what I need to do for my own healing because ain't no one waking up worried about me anymore, right? Yeah, and I think grief is a really tricky yeah, one, too. Yeah, that's a whole other. Because I think we got to just have you a reoccurring guest on our show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have so many things I want to talk about. It's already been, like, almost an, an hour. hour. I know. But grief is a tricky one because, A, it comes in waves. Yeah. yeah. Right? And everyone is going to experience it differently. Yeah. And... I think people on the outside don't really know how to help the person going through it. Well, because it's awkward. Yeah. Yes. They don't know what to say. And people don't like sitting in discomfort. So I think to just sit with somebody, you don't even need to say something all the time. But yeah. I I just think, yeah, grief is a really tricky one. And do you and know I, this, this would be a great time maybe to throw it in there, um, you know, through... Uh, the loss of her dad and everything and COVID. My sisters and I opened up this amazing fox and lamb um, thing to help with that. And then it kind of came to a crashing halt because our emotions of grief, I think it was, was just getting the best of us. We were fighting. Everything was expensive to reopen. And COVID just kind of shut our fox and lamb dream down. But I'm happy to say um, we're revamping and and excited to bring some new stuff um, to it and bring it back to life. But with that said, 
you know, those are the things we want Fox and Lamb to be about is grief and how mm-hmm. to get through it and how to how to find the tools to get you through it personally because everyone's grief is different, right? So I'm really excited to create a platform regarding grief and yeah. and be able to um, educate others and, and help them and support them and guide them for people like my sisters and I need it in those times. Um, so we're, right? we're taking yeah. all that, our knowledge and even you know our ups and downs trying to get Fox and Lamb off the ground. Right. We're fighting so much and at the end of it, behind all it it was grief right it was still the hurt from the grief so got it figured out acknowledged a lot of things and realized what we've learned and how we've come out of it we need to share with everyone else so you know like you said grief is so you know personal and it definitely registers on everyone really differently so i think it's it's great to have all the information um out there as possible and it makes so much difference when it's coming from a person who's walked through it and i think I've gone through so many counselors all my life, but yet I think to myself, not one of them have have been divorced. Not one of them live in a blended family. Not one of them has lost their mom at at such an age. So how can they really tell me how to get through it? So I think it makes such a difference when you hear it from someone who's walked through it. Absolutely. And I think that's also a great segue to talk about this next thing that I'm dying to know more about. Um, This life coaching business in episode seven of your Conscious and Confidential podcast, I believe, Into the Roar, you talked about this laser coaching that you want to do. Yeah. Have you have you heard about that? No. That's why no, I want that's you to tell me about it. Like, what is, <laughs> what is that? Well, I the only the best way to explain it, laser coaching is exactly what a hit workout is, right? A lot of people are going through so many different things in life and not you know, I think often when you think about going to see a counselor or a therapist, you think, God, I don't want to regurgitate my whole life from when I was born and all, you know, everything like, like all that. All my traumas every right? time. And people's attention span just isn't what it used to be either, right? We want to get to a quick solution, fix it quickly on our lunch break, right? So laser life coaching or laser coaching or laser therapy, whatever you want to call it, it's just you kind of walk in and you say, you know what, I'm having an issue with a coworker and I need to figure this out. So that's all we focus on, right? I don't take you back to your childhood. I don't ask you about your, you know, your relationships outside of work and blah, blah, blah. We just focus on that one topic and get her done. Love it. That's so cool. And that would, would that be kind of something like you, if you say you stayed home, you took a mental health day, you had an anxiety attack or feeling depressed, then you can like, just, it's almost like calling a friend or contacting that friend to vent, which which I think is just amazing. Like, yeah. so much of what people need is that, right? Mm-hmm. And what really kind of made me want to do it is because I had a client in my chair right before the last lockdown and she was struggling. Somebody who you would never think would struggle and she was. And I encouraged her, I was like, I think you just need to talk to somebody. Just please just try it. And she finally took my advice and she did. And it, this was a couple months ago. So she messaged me. She's like, I took your advice and I made an appointment. I was like, great. I'm so excited. Make sure you message me when you're out of that appointment. I want to hear from you. She's like, the only thing in is I can't get in for a couple months. And my heart just drew off. And I'm just like, no. And I messaged a few of my clients that work in the in kind of that industry. And they just said they are so back up, backed up. It's overwhelming and they don't know what to do. So I think in my head, okay, well, don't feel suicidal until you can get in to see me two months from now. I was like, mm-hmm. that's not reality, right? <laughs> no. But how can we bridge that gap until they can go see somebody professionally? And I just kind of got thinking, I got Googling, and that's kind of what what I came across. Maybe just to be that bridge for that person until then. Yes. I love that. I mean, as we kind of talked about earlier in this interview, like it's not a big surprise that our society is kind of headed into what I think is going to be the largest mental health crises of our lifetime. So I love that you came up with this idea out of like your sheer passion of wanting to help people to find a way to bridge that gap because we, I think have all experienced Mm -hmm. in our life a time where you're just like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Like shit has hit the fan and I need somebody to talk to right now, but where do I go? Who do I talk to? And I think it's important to mention that there are like 24 hour helplines available that people can search out. 
but sometimes people don't think about that or you can text places as well like text these hotlines but in my experience sometimes it's not as helpful as I would like it to be like it's not very personal and so it's like oh I'm just another person that they're talking to and and I think it's great and I think people should definitely still take advantage of that but I love that this is a different option where it's like you're talking to a third party person who's more of a friend than a therapist like correct me if I'm wrong but to just help me in that moment of like I just need somebody to vent to about this and I think it falls in the same category as somebody that wants to get their hair done that will would go into you know something like chatters or somewhere like that versus a one man salon right it's because Mm -hmm. some people don't need that connection right they don't need that personal touch and others do right and so for the ones that do need that personal touch I just feel when you can talk to somebody who's kind of walked through that journey already um it it just instantly gives you a bit of comfort and reassurance and um hope Mm -hmm. hope is such a big thing Hope gives me goosebumps everywhere because it just, that's what everyone needs is hope, right? Yeah, I love that. I do think it. we should mention too, like, we're big advocates of this, that we're not professional medical people. Yes, Absolutely. we like to put that in there. Yeah, just so people know, like, oh, I heard this on a podcast. But yeah. we, aren't, we aren't medical professionals and it's not, I what I'm getting is that it's not that you're here to diagnose anybody, but it's, again, just that bridge of helping someone get through the current situation they're in. Like, Absolutely. do you see this almost more like crisis management or a regular more- client checking in with you, like life coaching? Like, how do you see the structure of this business? You know, I that, to be honest, I have not put it into action because I'm I need to be mentally ready and right. not be wanting to run to that person's house and physically be hugging them and helping them. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just, right now my heart is just a bit too weak, right. I to keep it, um, professional because I just, I'm, I just hurt and feel for everyone right now, just because of my vulnerability of where I am currently in my life. Um, but I, you know, I just know it's so needed in that. And, just even with so many people that have jumped on getting a nutritional coach and fitness coach because of my own journey. And then a lot of them have struggled with their nutrition coach because they're not hearing from them like how they thought they would, right? Us in, I've, I've let go of two nutritional coaches because they just weren't what I was needing. I was needing that accountability and somebody to check in with me. And I think because I've walked through that journey and lived through it, I'm a professional of my own life in my own struggles and um I just know exactly what a person needs and I just know it's going to take a lot of time and effort to put that in and um a person just wants to be made to feel like they are a somebody and important and that and you know just after that phone call I don't go away right that I'm still somebody who wakes up kind of thinking about them and wanting to check in so with that said I'm so excited to offer it because I know it's needed, but I just have to make sure I'm in a good mental state to start doing it. What I love about what you just mentioned about like with your nutritional coach and that you had to, like it wasn't working out and you had to shop around. I think sometimes therapy is like that. And I think we Mm -hmm. could all agree that like, not everyone clicks with every counselor, every therapist or every psychologist. And, but what makes that frustrating is you've waited so long to get in. So you feel like, I've been on this wait list for two months. I got to go. I got to make a trial out of it. Then the yeah. meds take six weeks to work and then like all those other things. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I think I love this because it's just a great way. Like when, like I said, you stay home on a mental health day and you don't have anyone to call, you yeah. call and get a laser coaching and you like, yeah. and then yeah. you just have taken immediate action. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I just love the idea. And, you know, honestly, in our society nowadays, we just, we do, unfortunately, we want fast results, right? And um, so, you know, as as society progresses that way, you kind of just need to adapt in the things that that are being offered. And I I think, again, that's why laser coaching is is really, um, I think, will work very well in today's society. So do you have any idea on kind of when you will be launching that? Yeah, I think so. Like, even my 
my podcast has been lacking because I can't settle my thoughts because I'm constantly evolving right now and constantly taking on more and, and trying to educate right now. I think once my mind can settle a little bit, I can find routine again once I'm open. Um, I think that's probably when. So probably come September, I'll have that now as a service that I will offer. Um, but as of right now, I just, I'm too all over the map. Yeah. And so I don't want to sit down and, and have to put that into my everyday right now because, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm scrambled brains right now. I think a lot of people are. Yeah, I feel like that's a general consensus, yeah. really, on the population. But I love that you're so open and honest about that, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that, I don't know, you might not be totally aware of this, Kelsey, but I think most people would agree that you really give off this, like, confident, fun, loving vibe, and that you are a person that takes your health serious. You seem to me like such a strong, independent, really put together person. But I also think it's not a secret that even the most put together people have hard times. And so I'm, I really want to know, like, what do you do when you notice your mental health starting to slip? Or do you, do you notice it? Like, what are kind of your tells where you're like, maybe something's not going so great for me right now and then what are the actionable steps you take to redirect you know it's funny I just just had a conversation with my uncle David and he I've maybe had a handful of conversations with him my whole life um the fox inside the family just doesn't really conversate or get get real deep into conversations. And um, he is uh, the one of the only two survivors of all my mom's siblings. Everybody has passed away with cancer and there were six of them. Wow. So we've, we've endured a lot of um, a lot of loss in a, like a five year span, 10 year span. And the mom, uh, my grandma, she had breast cancer and a brain tumor and she's still kicking. She just turned 95. Amazing. Wow. And she, if she would ever let me interview her, oh man, that would be life changing for this world because she's got life secrets. Um, But, you know, I had a conversation with him just over the weekend and I said to him, how does the fear of losing all your siblings to cancer not put you in bed every day? And he said to me, you know what? It could have easily have done that but I chose to live life for them, right? Mm, Shivers. Holy smokes. I thought that was so profound. You know, everyone, everyone wakes up most days, lots of days, half, half the week with not wanting to get out of bed, right? But it's your mindset that drives you to get out of bed. Everything begins and ends with your mindset. So the more you can grasp that and take control of that and create a habit that when that negative thought comes in, you feel it, but then you let it go Mm. and you place it with a positive. The other day, I didn't want to get out of bed. I needed to talk to my mom. I needed to have my parents in that moment. I just felt so lost and alone and felt like, what is the point of me getting up? All I've been doing is cleaning houses and cleaning my house and looking after all these kids and, you know, making all this baking and in seconds I turn around and it's gone. So why did I spend all day baking for everyone just to, you know, gobble it up? And I just felt like my day had no purpose other than to serve everyone. So it got to me and I just thought, If my mom and dad could be back today, what would they do? How would they utilize the day, right? And so it just gave me a fire in my soul to get up out of bed for them and for everyone who can't. Do you know how many people are lying in bed that can't get out and would do anything to be you in that moment, right? So I look at even just being able to get out of my bed and stand on my own two legs and brush my teeth in clean water, as something amazing. Mm. I stopped waiting for all these great things to happen to make my day complete and just start really focusing on the small things that would be another person's lottery, right? Mm-hmm. How many people would wake up and want to have that clean water, you know, to brush their teeth in or be able to have legs that move, right? So I think it's really just breaking down all your blessings. 
Mm. Yeah, and really moving into that gratitude mindset. mindset. Yes. I, I could agree. not agree more with that. And I feel like the more it's gratitude's like a muscle. Like the more mm. you use it, the stronger it gets. And like Absolutely. You start small with the teeth brushing and the feet, and then you just realize how astronomically blessed you are. Like Yeah. You know, we no matter how bad your day is, there's mm. always gonna be somebody that wishes they had your bad day. So sure. you know, I just remember at the end of my mom's life, she tried so hard to keep getting up and going going for their Sunday coffee at the golf course because she knew my dad loved that so much. And I remember her sitting down and just having her head down on the on the table and just she was in so much pain. She was can't you know, chemo sick, cancer sick, and she's like, I would just give anything not to feel sick and tired. I'm just so tired of being sick and tired. And I was like, here we wake up and we mumble about our day. And yet there's people dying and, you know, cancer sick, chemo sick that would give anything to have our, our bad day. Yeah. So it's just, we need to, we need to take five steps back and realize how beautiful our lives are. No matter how, what we're going through, we still are living the dream of somebody else. Right? Yeah. Very much. Yeah. I love that. Sobering thought, but it's so true. Like mm-hmm. when you have that appreciation your whole world changes and it's um it's a place that everyone needs to learn to get to i think yeah yeah absolutely like what advice do you have for people that are like having a hard time getting to that point you know the only advice i would say is how determined are you to get to that point right mm-hmm. if yeah. your determination isn't there it's never going to change it just never won't well change, right? And you can belly ache all you want, but you are just a mindset away from a completely different life. That's it. It's that simple. It really is just that simple. And really, like, understanding that it takes work. Like, you're not just going to wake up and and have that mindset be your permanent, habitual no. thing, and that's okay. But it's, again, those baby steps. Like... Like, when you wake up, before you even get out of bed, just think to yourself five things you're grateful for. Like, what's five great things that you have? Like it's a muscle. A, a bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it can be exactly. that simple. A root, yeah. you know? Yeah. That, exactly. Like, it's progression over time, yeah. but you don't just... I think sometimes people see, especially those that are really successful, and they just think, Oh, it just kind of got handed to them. But that's not the case. Like, okay, there's maybe a small percentage of people that that did happen to and great for them. But for the rest of us, like, yeah, you got to put in the work and you got to try and you got to keep getting up even though it's hard. And I'm definitely a full believer in living a cyclical life where you allow yourself time to rest as much as you allow yourself time to work really, really hard. But the point is that you don't give up. Yeah, exactly. I am the who I am because everything I've had, I've had to work for it. And it gives me definitely a different um, different opinion on everything life. I guess. And I just a different appreciation than maybe others. But, you know, as hard as the hard times were, I'm just glad that everything even now, you know, like I still haven't taken one cent from my husband, like I'm too determined to still be my own person through this Mm -hmm. lockdown financial distress. Because I just, I don't want to lose who I've been this whole time or who I've worked so hard for all my courses I paid for still, you know, and I just, I, at the end of it, I want to know that I did that all on my own. I had nothing handed to me and I climbed every little step and got there, you know, on my own. And I think what's really cool is that you need to do that for yourself. It's yeah. not to prove it to anybody else. No. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's your driving motivating factor is like, that's something that's important to you. Yeah. And that's why you do it. Mm-hmm. Not because of any other reason exactly exactly yeah love that love you yeah (laughs) okay so we're gonna wrap it up yeah we Uh, have one last question for you so for us we define being a wild heart as someone who is living wildly authentically and unapologetically themselves and we've talked a lot about how you do that already but just to summarize kind of 
the conversation that we've had, how do you see yourself living as a wild heart? I think I see myself just at, honestly, when I, if I ever have to draw a cartoon character of myself, I see this like flaming red hair and a freckled face, tiny little body strutting around with a superhero cape on her back. I think that's, that's kind of how I, I picture myself. I just, I'm so resilient. I feel even at my darkest and weakest times, I feel I have such a powerful soul inside me. And I don't know how to explain that any other way, but that way. But I know I'm made for great things. Mm. I hope that before my life is over, I get to the top of that climb because I know it's going to be amazing. So in that meantime, I'm going to keep, you know, that negative volume turned down and, you know, the cheering of the, of my cheerleaders turned right up and I'm just going to keep going. And, you know, I, I might kind of, you know, fail in a couple ways or fall down, but I'm, I just know that I'm never going to be that person that stays down. And it took me a long time to, to find that strength, but I just, yeah, I, I know it sounds corny, but I just know my purpose here is is meant for great things. I could not agree with yeah, you more. You're just resonating so mm-hmm. much with me. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, thank you again so much for being here and taking the time to sit with us and share your story. We're really pumped to have you a part of our Wild Heart community. So thank you again so, so, so much. Well, this has been amazing. So thank you. Well, you have me back. Like this was so fun. Yes. Honestly, we didn't even stop us. We didn't even get through half the questions we had for you, Kelsey. (laughs) Well, I felt this was so therapeutic. Like, oh, I just, it was good. It was, I talked about things that I wasn't even thinking I was going to talk about, but you got her out of me. Uh, but no, this has been amazing and you I feel so inspired right now like I need to close this interview up so I can get to my uh, notepad and start jotting down some things that have popped up into my head so yes so much love that thank you to everyone for tuning in on our episode of the Wild Hearts Podcast. We so appreciate you being here. If you like this episode, please remember to share it to your social media, send it to your friends, leave a stellar review. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at the Wild Hearts. And you can find Kelsey on Instagram. Be sure to check out her podcast, Conscious and Confidential, telling it like it is, unfiltered. You can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts. She is amazing. Please go check her out. We love her. (laughs) Uh, That's it for us today, guys. Until next time, remember to let your heart run wild.